You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the All Creatures Podcast. This is Chris, and today I'm joined with Warren Carlisle. Hey, Warren. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Oh, man. I Okay. So I know before we we got going, I told you we just recorded Octopus. Warren, we just did Orcas, and I told Angie, I was like, there's no way we're going to beat this species. And then the <laughs> next week, we did Octopus, and it, it wipes Orca off the map. <laughs> Just, uh, you should say or next week we did octopuses. Octopuses. Yes. <laughs> we, we can we can already start with that. That's like the number one thing. People are like, what's the correct plural? I mean, let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> I I did because I am a fan of Octonation. I do follow uh-huh. Octonation, and I knew that fact, so I did yeah. say that right up front of the the podcast. But you know, uh, for our listeners, this is Warren has started the number one octopus fan club that's what we're going to talk about and it, and it reaches more than just a, a quote-unquote fan club and throughout the interview and if you listen to the podcast the other day you kind of get an idea of what octonation is about mm-hmm. uh, warren i always like to start off these interviews if you can just kind of give a background where you grew up and we're going to kind of tell the story of how you started octonation sure yeah um grew up in san antonio uh, Texas graduated from high school there. I actually was majoring in classical saxophone performance. So that was the thing that I was doing. And I got a full ride scholarship to Concordia College in Moorhead, Minnesota and, um, studied there for a bit. Wanted to go to a conservatory in Paris, uh, France. And about six months in, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And for whatever reason, that uh, paired with you know, me feeling like I need to be home um, resulted in me dropping out, going home, and um, and kind of switching up my major. Uh, she unfortunately ended up passing away, um, and so I uh, was trying to figure out what to do with my life. You know, after that, kind of I was having this crisis of like, who am I? Because I was 21 at the time. So from from there, I really decided that I wanted to get out of San Antonio. Um, I was there. Um, and, you know, constantly driving by my mom's house and just all the same people asking me how my mom was. And so kind of my way of, of moving from there was figuring out how I could get out of there. And so I, I'm a very strategic person. I've always been my whole entire life. And I went to a Barnes & Noble, uh, actually, and was like, okay, I want to move to New York. I want to um, figure out what this fashion industry is like. I've always had an interest in um, celebrities and influencers and there was a lot going on with social media at the time. And I was like, I wonder how people decide who is an influencer. I wonder how this, this whole entire thing works. And so I was like, you know, I want to intern for a celebrity fashion photographer. And how would I do that? And so I go into Barnes & Noble and I start researching. And this is somebody with a, no background in fashion whatsoever, you know, come from a family of seven. 
and uh, started researching who were these people, you know, where did they hang out, you know, what did they do, uh, went to Instagram, started started um, following them on Instagram to figure out kind of what they were doing, and then re- reached out and started sending direct messages. Hey, do you need an intern? This is what I could do for you. Hey, you know, um, do you need an assistant? You know, this is what I could do for you. And um, started sending out messages, didn't really get anything back. And all during this time, I was also working out um, uh, pretty hard because um, for whatever reason, I found like refuge in the gym. Uh, there's something about lifting heavy weight above your head that makes you forget about everything else. Right. And um, and so um, finally, one day I, I got a message back from this man named Chunkai Shi. And he was a, a celebrity fashion photographer, and he actually developed um, a lot of American personalities um, in um, Asian countries and also needed uh, an intern and an assistant. And so he gave me the job. I flew up there and started working with him um, and really was went from zero to 100. I got thrown into the space and um, started out as his assistant, uh, moved up to his uh, studio manager, uh, started managing his partnerships with uh, global fashion brands like, you know, um, Mont Blanc, uh, Todd Snyder, Uniqlo, and learned that space inside and out. Learned, you know, what made influencers, what they were looking for. I learned, um, you know, how uh, fashion industries were essentially, you know, manufacturing relevancy. What I found out was like, you know, the clothes that we wear on a daily basis, they're all made pretty much of the same things. And so what differentiated a one brand from the next brand? And it was fascinating to me how, depending on who they chose to wear their clothes and what lifestyle they paired up with their, with their name, um, it just completely changed the, the pricing structure of something that cost relatively the same amount to, to produce. And, um, and so I got really involved in that. And I remember, um, when we were having a conversation with the CEO of a company one time and he was talking about, um, kind of this manufacturing relevancy in a marketplace, I thought, why am I not doing that with something that I love? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, why am, why am I not taking this, this intense interest or this, this intense passion that I have and, and moving it towards something that I feel strongly in? Because it wasn't, I realized at this point, it wasn't fashion for me. Right. Um, I wasn't passionate. I was more fascinated with the motivations behind why all of these brands were in, exi- in existence. <laughs> and yeah. Um, and it's always been like that for me. I've always been driven to you know, what make people what makes people do what they do, and um, and so that's kind of where I ended up. Um, and then uh, I remember thinking, okay, well, I'm interested, really interested in octopuses. Right. <laughs> and, right. So when when at what age? Okay. So this is the. I mean, because your story fascinates me, and, I, and I've heard it a couple yeah. times. Because you know, I'm a follower of yours, and and we'll get more into what you're doing now. But when, I mean, as, when did you first just like fall in love with the octopus? Because I'm, I'm not kidding you, Warren. I'm in love with the octopus too. It's yeah. crazy. Um, so I, I remember I was seven years old and we went to the aquarium when I was in school and we w- walked by this, you know, exhibit and I saw this creature there. And I was curious. I started asking questions to the person that was leading our, our class. And I was the one that was there first. 
and stayed behind to continue asking this person questions. And she was like, we gotta, we gotta go. But I was like, how do they age? And you know, how do they poop? And how do they, you know, all these questions I, I, I like, and, and for a lot of the questions, she kept saying, well, science really, really hasn't figured that out yet. And I thought, what do you mean science hasn't figured it out yet? How have they figured out everything about all these other animals and they can't figure out this one? And so that just kind of stuck with me. And I thought, you know, as a kid, I was deeply obsessed with aliens and extraterrestrial life. Like that, that was me as a kid. I had alien posters. I had alien stickers. I mean, I just thought, you know, it'd be so cool if aliens actually existed. And I guess when she kept saying science hasn't figured that out, in, uh, like a part of my brain said, oh, it's because they're aliens. They're the most alien thing on earth. And that kind of stuck with me. And since then, you know, since then I just, you know, would research them. I did projects about them in school. Um, I was really interested into, in um, like their neurology and just how their brain worked and how it was different than anything else. You know, the way it was structured, the um, decentralized nervous system that they have. I mean, just a bunch of stuff. And I thought, why aren't more people interested in this animal? And I kind of didn't really do anything with it because I didn't really know what to do with it. I mean, you do it, you do what you know how to do with your passion and you talk to people who will listen and then you stop talking once it gets to a point where they're just like, okay, calm down, <laughs> you know? Right. Right. And, right, right. um, and so it didn't really dawn on me until, you know, I was, I got, went through this experience after my mom passed away in the fashion industry that I was like, I can make people care about this animal through social media, through what all these other people have done with these major brands. I can take those same principles and I can apply it towards the animal that I love in manufacture relevancy, manufacture, you know, sentiment for a creature that people don't have access to, you know, mm -hmm. readily access to, you know, like inner city kids and just people that don't live on coastal areas or, you know, just um, I can create this club or this fan club and teach people um, to fall in love with something that they don't have any proximity to. And so that's what I started with when I created Octonation. Right. So can you kind of talk about the process of doing like you sit there? I mean, you're, you're an innovator. You are a social media influencer, a major one. And you know, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, how do I create the, the world's largest octopus fan club, which Octonation is by far, you know, yeah. by far. So mm -hmm. can you describe that process? Yeah. So it, you know, it's essentially, you know, I took a lot of what I learned from that fashion space where, you know, when you look at brands and how they are able to create um, a lifestyle, you know, with their brands and, and they're able to, depending on who they interview or who they dress, put their clothes on or who they talk about, all of a sudden those people that care about that specific person or, or that brand all of a sudden are flocking to that brand. And so when I was creating Octonation, I told myself, you know, who has the headspace to entertain a conversation about octopus right now? And who is currently catering to people who have this intense fascination and love for this animal? Um, and so I started doing research. And like I mentioned, you know, even back before I moved to New York and I was in Barnes & Noble, I've always been a researcher, a strategist. I'm not interested in, in doing something um, just by, you know, playing small. Um, I have to research and know that when, when I talk to people, it's not going to be on deaf ears, right? It's going to be with people that have 
the, um, I call it headspace to entertain a conversation because and let me just go back really quickly because you know, when you're talking to somebody about something you're super passionate about and they're kind of waiting till you finish speaking so they can be like, Oh, that's really cool. It's cool that you're interested in that. Like they don't really give you this, this feeling like they, they care or they know what you're talking about. And I feel like we owe it to ourselves in this busy environment, like this, this hyper, um, disjointed, um, environment that we live in nowadays where people can choose what they watch on a daily basis. Everybody has a phone screen, you know, and can choose where they spend their time. And so I said, I want to go after first the people that are currently serving this community. And so I just started doing research. I said, what podcasts out there that cater to people who would be interested in Octopus? What mm-hmm. thought leaders are currently in the space? What magazines currently cater to people who would have an affinity for Octopus? What, and I started doing all this research and research and I started finding there was a lot of places that catered, but there was not one main thing that was facilitating conversations on a daily basis that truly tapped into, um, the essence of how cool this animal was and was promoting it in a way that people could share. And so I started one of my first um, people that I connected with was Simon Montgomery. And she was the New York Times bestselling author of Soul of an Octopus. And um, people that know her in our community, they view her as like the Beyonce of octopus people. Like she is <laughs> yeah. like the Jane, the Jane Goodall of right. octopus. She is the, uh, we call them Seth celebrities because she <laughs> is, if you say Simon Montgomery to an octopus person or somebody in the Octonation, they'd be like, oh my gosh, I love her. She changed my life. She changed, you know. Yeah. Uh, but if yeah. you say that to somebody who just doesn't have an affinity for the animal, they'd be like, I don't really know what you're talking about. And so I went after people, it, the super fans in the beginning, and I made sure that every single time I opened my mouth, it wasn't in front of somebody that didn't get it, at least when I initially started. Because I didn't want to be in a position where somebody was like, oh, that's kind of silly or that's, I don't know, that's dumb. And in the beginning, I, I found out very quickly that my family, my friends, nobody got it the way that I got it. And every single time I would talk about something exciting happening, they'd be like, cool, great. Like, you know, silly little fan club. (laughs) (laughs) And so I just made sure that every single time I wanted to confide in somebody that I made sure that they were either, they had written a book about the animal or they were a scientist studying them, or they truly got what I was doing at Octonation. And so I, that's what I did. I started, um, interviewing them. I started sharing their content. I started sharing their research findings and in a way that I made sure that, um, they were also sharing that content to their community as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and in that way, after, you know, hundreds and hundreds, I would say thousands of strategic collaborations with people that catered to an audience that loved this animal, um, after doing that strategically for about three years now, all of a sudden I started getting picked up by, you know, Facebook headquarters and Ellen DeGeneres and Joe Rogan. But a lot of times people didn't see that I was, I was moving, you know, um, for years collaborating with artists, underwater photographers, scientists, you know, researchers, uh, thought leaders in this space. Right. Um, and now, now it's starting to pop, right? But, right. um, there was a lot of, of strategy that went into getting it to this point. Right, right. And yeah. you know, this it, it's and, and just for our listeners, this this is more than a fan club. I mean, what Octonation does, and again at the end I'll I'll make sure I I direct people to your site, but it's not I mean, I I, I enjoy the videos. 
I enjoy the education and the conservation message that is promoted through this. It's just, it's so powerful. And you're talking hundred thousand more people around, around the world. So I guess mm-hmm. my, my next question is what kind of what, what's your goal with Octonation? Like what are you, where are you taking the bus? So our, our mission is to inspire conservation of the ocean by teaching the world about octopuses. And we do just that on a daily basis. Most people aren't aware that there are, you know, when you think of an octopus, like I always, the way that I bring it to people is I say, you know how there are a bunch of dog breeds, like you have a German shepherd, you have a boxer, you have all these different dog breeds. And I was like, do you know that there are way more species of octopuses than there are like dog breeds or mm-hmm. anything like that? And people are like, really? I had no idea. I only thought there was like the one with the eight arms. And, right. and so I start showing them, I start, sh- I start showing them the blanket octopus. I start showing them the sand octopus. And the way I, the lens at which I look at these animals is it is almost as if they have all these adaptive superpowers. And so I start explaining them and I've taught in front of kids before. And I say, you know, the sand octopus, you know, can blow itself almost a foot underwater and um, secrete a mucus that reinforces the the walls around it. And then it actually creates like this little uh, ventilation shaft or this chimney to where it can breathe underground um, so no predators can get it. And they're like, oh, my, I, what, you know, why are we just now yeah. learning about this? Yeah. And, you know, you, when you talk about the blanket octopus that has six foot long trail of like this iridescent rainbow colored flesh, they're like, why are we just now learning about these like magnificent uh, creatures? And I keep going and I keep going and their eyes get bigger and bigger. And um, and after we you know finish the, the conversation, they typically it raises their, your, their consciousness. They're just like, Hey, you know, I love this animal, you know, and they start telling all their friends about it. And then they start saying things like, you know, I don't want to use, sing- yeah, I don't want to use single use plastics or I'm done using mm-hmm. straws or, I, mm-hmm. you know, I've had parents that messaged me and said, Hey, I, w- I just want to let you know, I was at a fast food restaurant and my daughter who's four said, you know, I know we're throwing this away, but where's it going? Because right. I don't, I don't want it to go, you know, I don't want to go to go in the octopus's home. You know, and so what we're doing is by by sharing these animals and by telling their stories in a way that's super accessible and in a way that gets people excited, it it makes them I don't know, it just makes them stewards of the ocean. It makes them feel right. um it makes them feel like they're connected to something that they love and then they want to protect it. So I mean that's no that's what we're doing at Octonation. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's 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 amazing because, you know, after doing this podcast for a year and a half and getting a global view of what's going on out there and, and you know, and, and interviewing people like you and researchers out in the field and it's going to take a village. It's going to take an army. It's going to take the world together, us as a species coming together to make changes. So you're doing a huge I, part of that. And I would say that uh, another uh, thing that I would say is that, I'm more for geared towards the sensitive empath individuals. I myself identify as very, like a very much an empath. And so mm-hmm. I remember when I was in elementary school um, that we couldn't have a pizza party like the, um, like the other schools in the district because our recycling scores didn't, weren't up to par. Like we weren't doing what we were supposed to be doing to recycle. And I remember thinking like, well, how, like, I remember asking teachers, how can we make it so that we get a pizza party next time? I mean, this yeah. is, this is how they yeah. were doing it. And they yeah. were just like, well, you know, 
because we're using these utensils, because we're using this, because, you know, we're, it just felt very disempowering. And I I remember being in a situation where I thought like, this doesn't feel good. Um, And, and so what, you know, the way when I was looking at Octonation and I was looking at a, a bunch of other organizations, not to poke at them or anything like that, but what I noticed that there was a lot of disempowering language that was happening. And for me, you don't want to start a conversation and tell somebody this is what you're doing wrong and then think that you can inspire them after that. After they've already been beaten down and they feel like they're a hor- horrible human being, all of a sudden they lose it. You know, some people get mad and they want to do something about it, but I think there's a bigger portion of the population that gets very nihilistic and thinks, well, if it's at this point and it's reached this level, and there's a lot of marketing going on where it's highly reactionary and they're saying, you know, the world might as well be ending. And there's this very nihilistic viewpoint. I feel like what people are doing is they kind of go, well, if it's, if it's reached this point, then what, what can I do about it? I'm just one person. And so with Octonation, how I wanted to position the organization is one that does not blame corporations. It does not, you know, it's, it's not there to serve that purpose. There's plenty of people that are just bashing on a daily basis, what everybody is doing in their personal lives. And I was like, you know, there needs to be something different. There needs to be a change with how we, we share information to people on a daily basis. And I don't want it to feel disempowering. I don't want there to be backhanded inspiration. And then, oh, by the way, you're destroying the planet. Yeah. And so what I, what I found with, with Optination and just how we're positioning ourselves is we are, we are for the, uh, the like inspiration, education, really empowering people, um, to make their, to make their decisions about what they're going to do. And we found that by inspiring them and giving them information about these animals that they're more likely to change their habits based on a fascination or love they have for something versus saying, this is how messed up the world is. Now change your habits. It's just a different kind of way to position a conversation. And, um, and I, I'm for those people, the ones that are kind of like completely, <laughs> yeah, n- negative, just, just negative right messaging. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we could end the interview on that point right there. So <laughs> that was, yeah, that, that is so true. And to be honest with you, like some of your uh, mentoring for me, you know, getting involved in social media has really pushed me to, to that messaging with what we do and calling our listeners conservation heroes. I mean, obviously you're a conservation mm-hmm. hero. You're an obvious one. You've brought together this community to talk about these issues, but our listeners, you know, if they just do some conservation on their own at home, like you said, that, that young four-year-old refusing a straw to me, that's a conservation hero. Uh Also, there's a thing trending on Instagram called conservation optimism. I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. The, the, it's horrible out there. The, the, The view around the globe is not good, but we can reverse these trends and we just have to act now. We can't wait 20 years. You know, we have to do it now. So that's, that's powerful. Warren. that's awesome. Can you kind of talk about what your fans do in Octonation? You know, kind of explain to our listeners. So, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, types of fans. I mean, we have uh, artists, we have celebrity artists that, um, you know, do murals and, uh, we have, you know, people that have octopus tattoos. Um, we have, uh, the people that are, um, researchers 
like uh, Donna Staff, um, you know, Sarah McAnulty, who's a squid biologist, uh, Cy Montgomery, who's a naturalist. I mean, there's just anybody who I felt has like a mild interest or passionate interest. Uh, I feel like at this point knows about octonation. Um, although we still have obviously a lot of work to do, but, um, it's just, octonation is a place where they all come together. They share about the latest things that are happening. Um, I know that I personally, I have a Google alert set up for anything cephalopod octopus related. So any news that happens, any new species that are found, uh, any new papers that are written, um, the group finds out about it first. And, um, so it's a place for all of us to talk about what's going on. And, um, I would say that's what a lot of our members do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, now I, I noticed you guys and, and I volunteered and I definitely want to do it here in Southern California is meetups mm-hmm. with fans. What we real what we realized with meetups, we went to, I did this, uh, um, campaign called interview with an octopus. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to go to various aquariums all over the world and I wanted to interview the cephalopod researcher or the, um, the person in, you know, husbandry or that's keeping the octopus and, um, have a conversation on Facebook live or Instagram live with my audience so that they could interact, you know, so that they could, um, ask questions. There's, I mean, such a small percentage of people who have actually gone to an aquarium and seen uh, an octopus. And so I thought this will be a way that people from their living room can um, be inspired or ask questions or be like, hey, we need to go do that or we need to take our kids and we need to go see. And so I started that trend by just going and interviewing um, these researchers. And what I found was they had such an intense passion and love for the animal that it was so fun just to get them on camera to make them feel like a celebrity for a day, or we call them celebrities because they're inspiring right. the next wave of people coming in to, to love this animal and to teach people about this animal. And, um, and so what I decided to do was to start having meetups at some of these places and get together with people from the nation to where they could ask questions, um, and they could just meet each other. Uh, and so, yeah, we've had, we've had meetups. Um, we get together and talk everything cephalopod. I mean, you name it. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, it's just fun. I'm I definitely, mean, I can't wait to do, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, once you get people in a room together talking about what they love, then, then you find they start talking about, you know, okay, what problems, you know, are there? What, you know, what, what can we essentially do? You know, uh, put us in action. You know, what, what you know, what, how can we, you know, um, what organizations does Octonation stand for? And then, you know, I feel like once you get them to a place of, you know, caring and, and you, you're entertaining their, their fascination, their passion, their interest for something, then and only then should you open a dialogue about, so, you know, do you want to stop here or would you be interested in? I mean, you, to me, it's like you have to, you can't make the assumption that because if they love something, then they should go do X, Y, Z. And I don't ever want to put people in a position where it's just like, you know, I tell people I'm not, I'm not like an octo evangelist. Like I'm not going to be like, you know, yeah. do this or do that, you know, whatever. Um, right. It's really respecting. And I've always done this uh, as a, as a community building strategist for, you know, what I do for a living is I respect the attention span of the person that I'm talking to. I respect their headspace and I respect the decisions that they make. And if they haven't gotten to a place where they're making those decisions to want to um, do a beach cleanup or want to do whatever, they'll eventually get there, I feel like. 
if they're not there yet, it's not my it's not my place to say, well, you obviously don't care. And I feel like that's what a lot of people do. They get to a point where it's just like, if you loved X Y Z, then you would you know do this. And it's like, no, that's that's mm-hmm. like not you know, it's not respectful of, of them making right. their own decisions. And to me with Octonation, it's always been, you know, people, we want people, we want to empower people to get to a place where they're making a better decision by themselves, where it's not being forced upon right. them, where it's not being, where it feels weird. Um, you know, where they feel like they have to do something. Um, it's, w- we found that by just educating, by inspiring, by teaching them the facts, by, you know, um, sharing information in a way that's easy to understand and easy to share, that they're making the decisions by themselves to do things. Uh, and I feel like that's a more powerful position. And that's a, a more like there's more longevity in conservation that way than just saying, you know, obviously that sea turtle video is powerful. The one with the straw in its nose but no, there's there's right. equally amount of people that see that and immediately shut down. They get disempowered. They feel like they're horrible human beings. So they feel like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that marketing works for some other some organizations, but for Octo, it's just not it's not our ethos. It's not our our mission and what we what we're doing as an organization. And um, and that's what I wanted to create when I created Octonation is just that environment, that sort of space. No, it's, and it's, it's, that's very progressive thinking, to be honest with you. I, it's, instead of guilting people like, well, if you don't do this, you're killing sea turtles. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and then, you know, it's, it's all I this, know, and you see it, it's all this implied marketing. And yeah, that marketing gets millions right. and millions of views, but it's fleeting. It's a fleeting reaction that people have. And I just, I feel like it's, it's not what you could be doing, which is, you know, um, I always tell people with Octonation and our content strategy, I want to empower people to be at Starbucks or to be at, you know, a restaurant or to be any, anywhere they're at having a conversation. And I want them to be able to talk about an octopus fact. I want them to, you know, that, mm-hmm. um, like a giant cuttlefish can, can be as big as a small dog. Like I want people to, um, be able to have conversations, um, that are more accessible and exciting to their kids and their friends. And if, and if, and that's what we do every single time we get a post. I ask myself, am I teaching something that somebody could easily mm-hmm. talk about later on that day or say, Hey, have you, sir, right. have you seen what was posted on Octonation today? They talked about, you know, the blanket octopus. And did you know that the males are, you know, 10,000 times smaller? Like, can you believe that? That's crazy. Wow. Like that's those, <laughs> I didn't know those that. Are the kind of, yeah. It's like those are the types <laughs> of conversations that I feel like we can facilitate between people. Um, it's mm-hmm. just providing them the words that they need um, um, to talk about the thing that they're n- becoming fascinated in. And that's, you know, science communication obviously isn't, I mean, there's a whole you know genre of people that are trying to figure out how to make science more accessible. And um, I saw that there was a definite need for that too. Uh, and so I started thinking, okay, how would I, how, how would this animal excite me or how, you know, how could I frame this to where, because a lot of it's, I mean, the same species that we've still discovered today. I'm, I'm still figuring out new ways to talk about it. Like, you know, an mm-hmm. octopus um, has a, a radula, which is like a, a cat's tongue almost. And so mm-hmm. I, I was, I'm always trying to find new ways to bring information to where people say, oh my, I had no idea. Did you know that an octopus, you know, has a beak and inside the beak, it has like this, this raspy like tongue, like a cat. 
You know, and if we can make information <laughs> accessible like that, then yeah. all of a sudden you have people talking about it. There's widespread education that's happening between people and not just after Octonation stops talking. And uh, I feel like that is is more important than shocking somebody and saying, look at all this trash or look at all this garbage, look at, you know, whatever, and disempowering people in order to feel like, you know, wow, look at, look at, look at what we've done. And I, I feel like there's a place for that, but I feel like what I've seen, what I'm seeing with Octonation after doing this for three and a half years, um, is that I get so many messages from parents and other people that are talking about, uh, volunteering more, or talking about, uh, having conversations with their friends and their family or, you know, we don't, um, uh, tell people that they should stop eating octopus, but there's so many people who've just decided um, that they're not, they're, they don't want to eat it anymore. And that's yeah, not something yeah. that we're like, we're pushing on people. These are decisions that people are making as a result of us educating them. Uh, not right. us saying, look at how horrible you are. If you actually cared, then you'd be doing this. And, right. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. So it's just that. <laughs> no. And you, I mean, it's, it's, it's a critical point too, because you, you talk about science communication and that's what like in our podcast we, we try to do. And like just last night, okay, we're recording octopus. And I'm sure you know this fact, but they, they edit their RNA. Mm-hmm. How do I explain that to somebody that doesn't know genetics very well? You yeah. Know? And, and Angie and I bounce you figure, off each other very And you well. figure it out. And what, I, what I've done yeah. too is, is like with your community, when you have a community that's intensely passionate mm-hmm. about something, I don't, I tell people that, yes, I'm the Octo King, you know, I'm the founder of Octonation, but mm-hmm. I by no means uh, feel like I have all the answers or that I should have all the answers. I tell people that when right. you have a community as big as Octonation, all you're doing is facilitating conversations on a daily basis with your community. And then once you get the information from them, then you give it back to them in the way that they, the way they understand it. So if, if, if octopuses, you know, can edit their RNA, I would ask my community, Hey, what do you think about this, this concept? And how would you explain this to a five-year-old? You know, and then when, when I get all the answers, these community, you know, driven answers, then I start marketing it back to the community as a whole, you know, with the best answers that they mm-hmm. can give me. And so it's very much utilizing, um, I mean, there, there's hundreds of thousands of people that care about this animal. Why not, um, ask them what they think and ask them for inspiration right. and ask them for their creativity. Um, I mean, we have so many artists that uh, create on a daily mm-hmm. basis. I just posted the other day of this huge mural that somebody did in Florida and he messaged me and he said, you know, um, I can now check that off my, like my bucket list. And I was like, what? He's like getting shared on Oct donation. He was like, I've been trying to, to do that for three <laughs> years straight. And I was like, you could have just messaged me. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, he's just like, it's, he's like, it's such an honor. And I was just like, yeah, I was like, I'm glad you think that. And I was like, I'm honored that it's an honor to you. You know, it's just, you know, so we, we have right. a really good positive community. No, they, they are. I mean, the, oh God, what was the one you posted a couple weeks ago with the, uh, the ink pen drawing? I was just, my jaw hit the ground. I saw that. I was just so creative. Uh, I, I love artists. <laughs> So, I know. I'm like, how do they see this? I know. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. So I, I'm going to kind of jump ahead a little bit to one of the questions I gave okay. you. And it was, you know, from what you've learned doing this, what does the future look for cephalopods? And then a follow-up is what's our future look for our oceans? Mm-hmm. So for cephalopods, um, I believe that... I mean, even these, these past three years, I remember, 
when I first started Octonation, it was very like this really strange, you know, topic to talk about. It was, you know, and, and people didn't really have that much to say about it. And as I have been bringing it up to like Uber drivers and as I've been bringing it up to different people who I, who I've just spoken to uh, on a daily basis, they're having more and more knowledge about the animal and not only just the octopus, but they sometimes know different species. And this is, this is not a conversation that I could have had three and a half years ago. So mm-hmm. something is happening on social media and uh, Octonation obviously plays a big part in that, mm-hmm. but that people are understanding because, um, you know, what most of your listeners probably don't know is that octopuses the past, you know, um, hundred years in Western, you know, society or Western culture were like a highly demonized animal in Hollywood. And then also just in, in culture, like they were always attacking something or it's the mm-hmm. Kraken or, you know, there's Ursula and Disney. They were like these weird, mysterious, sticky, gross creatures. And, um, I reposition them as these magnificent, ancient, epic, you know, uh, superheroes. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, incredible. These, you know, superheroes. And, uh, people are like, wow, why do people, why are people afraid of these, you know, these animals? And so, um, the future of cephalopods look great. I mean, obviously with Octonation, we have, um, a lot of great ideas in the works, like having a, like a, um, Octovasion, like an Octocon or something like that. Mm-hmm. Octocon has already been taken. But having like a really cool um, convention where all of us can get together. Um, uh, Science Friday has a um, meetups called, I think it's where you can like watch uh, cephalopod uh, videos. They're doing yeah. them in like, I think like 10 cities. And uh, there's a lot more events that are popping up and a lot more organizations that are dedicating time um, and sometimes a week long, um, week long, like, uh, sessions on cephalopods and octopuses. And so I, I think it looks great for, yeah. for what people are, you know, are doing as far as the ocean is concerned. Uh, that's like a, <laughs> I know, I know. Um, you know, I, I, like I try, I try to stay, well, no, I do, I do stay on the positive and with, with an octonation, I obviously get a lot of, of negative people coming in, and, and we obviously ban them or block them and just, there's no space for that sort of, I'm only interested in people that have solutions and that aren't coming with these, these problems. So typically I surround myself on a daily basis with thought leaders, organizations, brands that are empowering people to, um, to feel like not all is lost. Like we don't right. have to move to Mars, you know, that yeah. they're not, you know, you know, and, uh, and so I stick around those organizations like the Lonely Whale Foundation is one that I follow. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and the, I mean, the, the ones that are doing a lot of work around single use plastics. And I mean, a lot of companies like Virgin Airlines. I mean, there's a lot of brands that are now jumping on Canada. I mean, just the other day, um, Justin Trudeau said by, what was it, 2021 that they were going to. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so I, I stay on that front and I try to turn my head away from organizations that just provide shock value, shock factor. I mean, I literally unfollow them and I block them because mm-hmm. you'll find that if you're an empath or you're a sensitive sort of person, I'm a very sensitive person. If you get it into your head, if you allow all these negative perceptions of what's going on in your head on a daily basis, for me, it's just, you would think that it would fire me up. But what I found is it just, it, it disempowers me. It makes me check out. It makes me feel like all is lost. 
And so I, I work with organizations that are working towards solutions to fight what's going on right now. And, uh, and that's, that's what I would recommend some of your listeners to do. If there's just an organization where every single time they post something, you just, you get knots in your stomach, yeah. then it's probably best that you shy away from that and, and toward, towards an organization that's actively looking at things in a more positive way. And that is providing solutions to problems that are going on. Not that it's just constantly trying to shock you. And an organization that wanted to partner with us, um, uh, a couple of years ago, when um, octopuses were being eaten live and in uh, New York and in California um, mm. was PETA. And they wanted me to share a video that they made. And I said, unfortunately, your mission statement and our mission statement just don't go, to, go well together. So they're, mm-hmm. you know, animals are not ours to use for entertainment. Um, uh, what was it? Research, um, all these right. different things. And right. so they're anti-aquarium. And right. I... I mean, the Octonation would not exist today if I did not see an octopus in an aquarium when I was seven years old. And so I can't have that stance. I can't, I don't know if there's a better way, um, yet because it's just not my experience, right? And, um, right. And what I'm, what I'm doing is creating Octonation to where people don't need to have proximity, but I, I, can tell you that me at seven seeing that animal in person was absolutely life changing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Knowing that we're, we're we share the planet with an animal is as strange and amazing as the octopus is just something that catapulted me into this world of right. caring. Right. Yeah. And and it and we, you know, and and I tell my own story as a young kid, you know, probably 7 walking around the San Diego Zoo and just enamored with all the animals and here I am dedicating my life to animal science and the betterment behavior, welfare. And now I have a podcast. I talk to thousands of people around the world and yeah, I mean, it, it's, that's, that's an amazing point, but I, I want to get back to the ocean mm-hmm. because you make such a, a powerful statement there. I know there's a couple Instagram accounts I need to drop yeah. today. <laughs> it's just, so, it's just, it's so true that, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, and I, w- I would say as, as a kid, I, you know, I was sort of apathetic about the ocean growing up in San Antonio, Texas. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand, you know, I, I had never had teachers that truly instilled in me why I should really care. It was just like, you should just care. You should care. Everyone should care about the oceans. It wasn't only until I found my connection to it. Um, that I was just mm-hmm. like, I want to protect this thing in it. And that, um, needs to be okay for other people to realize is that you, you really need to present a lot of cool things that live in the ocean. You have to present, educate. It's not just, well, you should just care. It's what are you doing on a daily basis as an organization or as if, if you're putting out information out there, um, to inspire people, to get them interested, to, um, help them understand, mm-hmm. you know, how important it is and in a way that they understand. So it's, it's, you know, it was important for me when I created Octonation where it's just like, I need to get to this point where people are, are happy. Um, they're excited to, to learn more. They're telling their kids, they're, you know, showing up, you know, of how can we get them to a point where they're not coming out of this is awful, angry, and they're showing up with pitchforks. And how can I get them showing up and really, and, and really being like, we're here because yeah. we love this animal and this is coming from a place of love and not pitchforks and reactionary and throwing paint right. on people right. and having crazy, you know, protests that are violent. Like, I don't want, I don't, I don't feel like that's where change happens, you know? No, no, no. 
No, I, you know, and then I want to go back to what you mentioned about the oceans and yeah, the oceans are, are, are not doing well, but, but talk about conservation mm-hmm. optimism. Just think about this, Warren. A couple of years ago, we weren't talking about single use plastics as much as we are today. Yeah. You know, we weren't having countries like down in New Zealand when I was living there for a while or Canada, Europe, even here in the United States, we're seeing tremendous change. So there is a lot of optimism out there. We are changing and it's, it's because of our mm-hmm. listeners, your fans, people voting with their dollars, people standing up for, Hey, we need to protect our oceans. And, so there yeah, is a I mean, lot of good we can stuff hold, going on. Uh, we can hold a lot more people accountable on, on social media. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, because there are so much um, different attention graphs, meaning there are so many different screens that people can look at and choose what they watch on a daily basis and what they buy, you know, who they buy from, um, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's easier today more than ever to start a business and things like that, where if you aren't supporting what the people believe in strongly, then you become irrelevant in the marketplace. And, you know, me, you know, having not just worked with Optonation, but working with a lot of other communities, I would say that I specifically work with purpose-driven brands. So brands that have a higher purpose, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't work with, you know, a, Mm -hmm. like a a brand that just sells like a lipstick, you know, and just, it's just like, oh, you know, so I I need to know the overarching, like, how are you actually impacting the planet? Um, how are you raising people's consciousness levels? Those are the people and the brands that I work with. And um, I would say that you, you really have to respect and also educate people on a daily basis to, to help them make decisions. And that's what people are doing. So uh, a few more questions. I know you're extremely busy. So what's the future of Octonation? You know, where are you? I, mm-hmm. I said bus, but really should be submarine. Where are you driving the submarine? Uh, we are, we, so we're, we have like a multi-pronged approach to this. Um, so obviously a lot more in-person events. Um, there are a lot of initiatives that we want to start in school. So in elementary school, um, like reading, um, having, having teachers read more octopus books to kids, um, seeing if we can, if we can get into the school system and, um, <laughs> kind of start, start them young and get them interested in the animal. Right. And then provide right. an opportunity, um, like a, uh, like a, maybe a subscription box club where we're sending them like a stuffed animal of a different species and then teaching about that, uh, species to them and, uh, you know, starting them young on being stewards of the ocean. Um, basically everything that I want, I, I wish I would have had as a kid growing up to be fascinated with, to make me feel like I was connected to something that was bigger than myself is really what I want to start uh, with Octonation. So a lot of education uh, of the youth and then for the adults, cause you can't forget about them. They're intensely passionate too, is again, what I've heard more than anything from our members is we want more in-person events. We want more meetups. We want more, um, there's, there's a group of people cause we have a lot of scuba divers that are like, we, we want to go on excursions together. Um, so we can see what's happening, um, in the reef, uh, firsthand, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and so there's just a lot of different, um, things. And then apart from that, obviously, uh, collaborations with other organizations, we just did a, uh, a fundraiser, uh, we were one of the ones that Facebook chose to pilot test a new feature called their giving uh, giving funds, which is you can fundraise for a cause and not just a specific organization. 
So um, Octonation uh, chose, you know, the Coral Reef Alliance, chose Ocean Conservancy, to- chose the Lonely Whale Foundation um, to do a, uh, a fundraiser for. And so us partnering with other organizations and having them talk more about the octopus in order to really get their members um, passionate about the ocean or, or, or not just be passionate about one right. thing, but be multi-passionate about what's going on in the ocean. I believe that once you do that uh, and they have like more interests then people want to change more. They want to um, educate their friends more. They have more talking points. They're just more educated in which to talk to their friends and their family about the things that they care about. And I feel like it's our responsibility as an organization. If we're, if we're taking money, if we're taking donations from people that we make sure that when we take a donation that we're instilling that, that much confidence back in people and then also more education. So mm-hmm. that they, um, when they give their money to us, they know that they can leave with education that they can use to talk to their friends and their family. That isn't, you know, just sitting out on the street corner and yelling at people as they walk by about giving money. And it's just, there's just so many ways that I'm just like, this is so antiquated. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. you know, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, there's such yeah. a, yeah, yeah, I know, but it's changing. Things, things, things are changing. Yeah, things are, are changing. changing. And I, I mean, we, I'm, I'm glad that I had the life path that I had as far as going to the fashion industry and seeing firsthand how brands are making cloth relevant. And I was just like, oh, this is like, this is genius how this works, how, you know, how mm-hmm. brands are mm-hmm. created based on who they work with and who they cater to. And so I use that same knowledge on a daily basis with Octonation, just making sure that when we have a conversation with people or that when we partner or collaborate with somebody that they're catering to an audience that has the headspace to talk about this subject. Uh, because right. those, right. those, those super, those super fans, those people that are passionate, at least initially, they're going to be the ones that go out into their community and start talking about the subject. Um, so it's really, it's really being smart about that, you know, and not kind of blindly yelling mm-hmm. at people <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I know, I know. It doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't it really work. Doesn't. It doesn't work. Not in today's day and age. So I, I got a question, and I don't know if you want to admit this to the to the fan club, but do you have a favorite octopus or cephalopod? Um, uh, yeah. So the probably the ones that I uh, interact with the most, the giant Pacific octopuses, they are, um, they are glorious. Um, I've like, oh, I've, yeah, I've been, so I've been to different, oh, yeah, I've been to different aquariums, and it's just so cool that they uh, can remember, you know, who who, the, who their keepers are or who, you know, the people that they like are and who they don't like are, you know, it's just crazy when you like, cause you don't, when you see like, you don't like this person really knows who I am and knows what I'm doing. It's like, yeah, they know who you are. You know, it's, it's just insane. And some, sometimes like, you know, depending yeah. on if they like you or not, they'll flush red and come, come up to the top and start trying to like grab your arms I mean, there's just been so many experiences that I've had. <laughs> come swim with me. Yeah. I mean, they have eight arms too. So, I mean, it's just like, so one time I was playing with one and we had like this, uh, like bucket of food off to the back right. And it's like one of its back arms went and grabbed the food and like brought it under while like we were distracted playing with, with one of them. So it was just like, <laughs> so yeah, smart. it's just like, they're like, they're so crazy. Oh yeah. It's, it's seeing all that happen. It's just like, this is insane. It's like if more people knew and that's why Octonation, you know, it's just like we inspire conservation of the ocean by teaching the world about octopuses. Mm-hmm. So we do that on a daily basis. So it's, it's a lot of fun. That's uh, <laughs> awesome. It's awesome. So two more questions. Uh, the, this one, I, 
again, I ask this of all my guests because uh, I, I like to get all the different opinions and, and approaches to this question. So from your opinion, you know, here you are, the largest octopus fan club in the world. You've, you've, this, you've lived, breathed this for, for four mm-hmm. years. Do we have a moral obligation as a species to help, to help cephalopods and all the other animals that are on earth? Yes, uh, I believe we do. Because what I found with people that follow Octonation is that just the, capacity to have love for something other than yourself or uh, your fellow human. What I've found is it just results in um, better people, you know, better, you know, to have this empathy to have a capacity to care about something other than, you know, your, the people who are in direct, you know, relation to, to your family or who you are. It just opens you up to being more, giving more nurturing happier um if you look in octonation um you can tell i mean we receive hundreds of comments a day from from these people that are positive that you know um and what i found is the people that are drawn to this animal in a in a like a really cool way are people that are just they're brilliant um i mean i might be biased because like i mean it's my community but um Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just it. I, I feel like it just makes you a better human being if you have that capacity to care about something other than yourself. Um, so to remove yourself from yeah. your ego and to say, I care about this, these things that are going, uh, th- these things that are going on in the world, um, just makes you a better human being. <laughs> and it's better, for, it's better for the that's, environment. That's what I mean. I, I mean, we share, that. we share this, we, yeah, I know. we share this, <laughs> this world with a lot of other things that we're actually dependent on. I know that some people don't necessarily think that because it's just, we've never been in a situation where we haven't had that. And so now we're, you know, struggling, but we're dependent on, on other species, you know, and, right. and we to are. not think that it means that you haven't removed yourself from your ego, which means you don't have that capacity to think about anything yeah. other than what's going on in your daily life, which means that's not good for the planet. I mean, that's, Historically, that's never been good for people just to care about them and, and the people yeah, that, they're, no. that are around them. That's not how communities and tribes, you know, last is by just caring about them. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's that's my answer for that one. No, it's good. That's a deep one. That's yeah, it's great. Now that was really good. That was really good. Uh, very philosophical too. It, it it really makes you think. Final question. So where can our listeners find Octonation, and how can we help you in your efforts? So Octonation, I mean, if you just go to Facebook, you type in Octopus or Octonation, you can follow our Facebook group. You can go to octopusmagic.com if you want to go to the Facebook group. On Instagram, you can search Octonation. Um, If you want to get involved, um, we are about to launch a membership program uh, that will give you discounts on different aquariums. Um, There'll be a lot of perks for Octonation members. Uh, you can get involved with that. Just stay tuned. Uh, if you follow Octonation on any of our platforms, you'll hear about it um, coming up pretty soon. Um, but with that, what we plan to do is is to start funding some of the program ideas that we have, such as you know um, um, getting more um, octopus books into the schools so that they can be read to the kids, and uh, connecting parents with with resources in order for them 
to um, to nurture this newfound love for this animal. Uh, you have a lot of mm-hmm. parents that are like, oh, you know, my my kids really have uh, like they really love the dog. They really love their pets. And so for me, it's just like, how can we get them to fall in love with something that's outside of their reach and and continue that fascination or, you know, online. And so uh, helping us by joining our membership will further those programs along and we can all uh, all help each other out. I mean, together with that. Yeah. No, no, that's awesome. And I'll put the links on our, on our website and of course through our social media, but Warren, thank you. I know you're extremely busy and it, it just, I've been wanting to do this interview for months since you and I first started talking and I just thank you for spending an hour with us. Go Octonation. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of yours, huge fan of the club. And I will be at that meetup at the, uh, the aquarium of the Pacific, right? That's one long, yeah. so I will be there. Yeah, and we're just getting started. So uh, so every single time somebody tells me, wow, you were just featured by Ellen or wow, you were just featured by whatever. I was like, we are we are just getting started. Um, we have, a, yeah, we yeah. have a lot of we have a lot of really cool stuff to do together. So I'm pumped. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks, Warren.